We meet today to talk about the book of Proverbs. We're not going to read a particular chapter in this book, but give an introduction to this famous book. The book of Proverbs is one of the books classified as the poetry of Scripture. Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon all belong in the same package because they were written as Hebrew poetry. Solomon is the writer of three of these books of poetry, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. Proverbs is the book on wisdom. Ecclesiastes is the book on folly. Song of Solomon is the book on love. Love is the happy medium between wisdom and folly. Solomon was an expert on all three subjects. The word of God says about him, he spoke 3,000 proverbs and his songs were 105. First Kings 4 verse 32. And actually, we have very few of his proverbs. First Kings 4 verse 33 to verse 34 says, Also he spoke of trees from the cedar tree of Lebanon, even to the hyssop that springs out of the wall. He spoke also of animals, of birds, of creeping things, and of fish, and men of all nations from all the kings of the earth who heard of his wisdom came to hear the wisdom of Solomon. So even the Proverbs that we have are not all of them. In the book of Proverbs, we read the wisdom of Solomon. Because Solomon, the pinnacle of Israel, was the pinnacle of Israel's wise men, was the principal contributor. The title of this book is Proverbs of Solomon, as indicated in verse 1 of chapter 1. Now, a proverb is a saying that conveys a specific truth in a pointed and pithy way. Proverbs are short sentences drawn from long experiences. A proverb is a truth that is couched in a form that is easy to remember, a philosophy based on experience and a rule for conduct. A proverb has been called a sentient sentence, a maxim, an old saying, an old saw, a bromide, a bromide or an epigram. All these words describe a proverb, a saying. Now, the key word in proverbs is wisdom. And that wisdom is the ability to live life skillfully. A godly life in an ungodly world, however, is no simple assignment, my friend. Proverbs provides God's detailed instructions for his people to deal successfully with the practical affairs of everyday life. How to relate to God, parents, children, neighbors, and government. Solomon, the principal author, uses a combination of poetry, parables, speech questions, stories, and wise maxims to give, to give in striking memorable form the common sense and divine perspective necessary to handle life's issues. 
The key verse is found in the first chapter, which is Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now, the Orient and the ancient East are the homes of Proverbs. Probably Solomon gathered many of them from other sources. He was the editor of all of them and the author of some. This means that we have an inspired record of Proverbs that are either Solomon's or from other sources, but God has put his thumb upon them, as we shall see. Dr. Thitro and other scholars noted that there is a change of pronoun in the book from the second person to the third. The conclusion of these scholars was that the Proverbs, which used the second person, were taught to Solomon by his teachers, and the Proverbs, using the third person, were composed by Solomon himself. Well, there is a difference between the book, the book of Proverbs and the Proverbs in other writings. The Greeks were great at making Proverbs, especially the Gnostic poets. The writings of the Gnostic poets are very clever in the Greek language because so many of them are a play upon Greek words. There are some characteristics and features of the book of Proverbs that I think we should take note of. Here are some of them. The first one is, Proverbs bears no unscientific statements or inaccurate observations. In other words, while the Bible does not claim to be a scientific book, but whenever it makes a scientific statement, it is accurate. That is what we find in Proverbs. For example, we read Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. It says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Now, this is a very remarkable statement because it was about 2,700 years later that Dr. Harvey found that the blood circulates and that the heart is the pump. Yet, the word of God had spoken long time back. We even know that uh, we are told that for the life of a creature is in its blood. And here in the book of Proverbs, the heart is given as the one from which springs the issues of life. In contrast, in an apocryphal book called the Epistle of Barnabas, mention is made of the mythical phoenix, a bird that consumes itself by fire and rises in resurrection. Such a fable does not appear in the proverb of in the book of Proverbs, nor anywhere in the Bible. It is strange that this is an ancient book containing hundreds of proverbs and not one of them is unscientific today. Science has not proved anything wrong out of the book of Proverbs. That in itself ought to alert any thinking person to the fact that the book of Proverbs is God's inspired book. In fact, that is the most important thing to recognize. Whenever God says something in his word that is scientific, no scientist will disapprove it.
shouldn't that cause even some scientists who think that they have discovered something new to simply say, because I've discovered this, I must give praise to God who knew these things before I came to be. The second observation I want you to note is that Proverbs is a book on a high moral plane. You simply will not find in its pages the immoral sayings which occur in other writings of the world. Justin Matter said that Socrates was a Christian before Christ, which of course would be an impossibility. And his admirers say that he portrays a high conception of mor morals. However, Socrates also gave instructions to harlots on how to conduct themselves. The best that can be said of him is that he was amoral. But the book of Proverbs is way beyond Socrates, Plato, or any of your philosophers of any time. You see, that raises the word of God way above the heads of men, way above what men can do. It is inspired by the Spirit of God. Thirdly, the book of Proverbs does not contradict itself. The Proverbs themselves do not contradict. While men's Proverbs are often in opposition to each other, for example, we have a proverb that goes like, Look before you leap. When it is contrasted with, He who hesitates is lost. That is a contradiction. You see, a man gets no more than he pays for. It can be contrasted with the best things in life are free. And you ask yourself, what is this? You also have live well enough alone as over against progress never stands still. Those are contradictions. A rolling stone gathers no moss versus a setting hen does not get fed. You see, the proverbs of men contradict each other because men's ideas differ. Now, there is no contradiction in the book of Proverbs because the book is inspired by God, the Holy Spirit, and God does not contradict himself. Shouldn't that bring encouragement to your heart, my friend? Shouldn't that encourage you to know that when you are reading God's word, you actually get to the testimonies of what the psalmist says, the word of God is right, converting the soul. The testimonies of the Lord are right, making the simple wise. You see, they convert the soul. They give light to the eyes. That is what you sense in God's word. You see, while the book of Proverbs seem to be a collection of sayings without any particular regard to orderly arrangement, some of us believe that it actually tells a story which we will notice as we go along. The story comes out there as a picture of a young man starting out in life. He gets his first lesson in Proverbs 1 verse 7, which is the key to the book. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. That advice 
is given in the book of Proverbs. It transcends all dispensation. Whether one lives in the Old Testament or in the New Testament, in Old Jerusalem or in New Jerusalem, its truths are still true today. It is a good book for anyone. But the story unfolds as you begin with a young person who is growing out of the home, now moving out. And at every stage as the young person grows, now moves out of the house and goes to the next stage, he is being counseled as to how to live in this sin-sick world. So from a young age to an old age, that is how the book covers everyone. Now, someone may raise the objection. There is nothing in it about the gospel. Where is the gospel in the book of Proverbs? Well, just wait a minute, my friend. It is there. The one in this book whose wisdom it is, is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. He is none other than the one who has been called our wisdom. He has been to us the wisdom of God. This book is not a hodgepodge of unrelated statements, nor is it a discourse of uh, cabbages and kings. No, no, no. This book makes sense and it does have an arrangement and an organization. Solomon has something to say about his own teaching. Ecclesiastes 12 verse 9 And moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. Yes, he pondered and sought out and set in order many proverbs. That means these proverbs are put in order. They are organized. And Solomon was an educated man. He was a wise man. He thought through issues and he set them in order. Here is something that will make the book of Proverbs, a thrilling experience for you. There is in Proverbs a thumbnail sketch of every character in the Bible. And I'm going to suggest a few of them. You will enjoy finding others. Also, I think you will find that there is a proverb that will fit all your friends and acquaintances. But perhaps you should not go and tell them that this proverb fits you. No. There is a proverb that will fit every one of us and we can have a good time going through this book, even also going through a proverb that may fit us as we see God's word describing us. The literal form of these proverbs is mostly in the form of capulets. The two clauses of the couplets are generally related to each other by what has been termed parallelism according to Hebrew poetry. Hebrew poetry does not have rhyme or meters as our poetry does. Hebrew poetry consists of parallelism of ideas. Now, three kinds of parallelism have been pointed out. The first one is synonymous parallelism. In the synonymous parallelism, the second clause restates what is given in the first clause. It expresses the same thought in a different way. 
The example is from Proverbs 19 verse 29. Judgments are prepared for scoffers and beatings for the backs of fools. You see, the second clause states what is given in the first clause. Then you have the antithetic parallelism or contrast parallelism. In antithetic parallelism, a truth which is stated in the first clause is made stronger in the second clause by contrast with an opposite truth. An example is Proverbs 13 verse 9. The light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked will be put out. You can see that the second statement is stating the same truth, but from the opposite point of view by way of contrast. Now, there is also the synthetic parallelism. In the synthetic parallelism, the second clause develops the thought of the first clause. The example is from Proverbs chapter 20, verse 2. The wrath of a king is like roaring of a lion. Whoever provokes him to anger sins against his own life. You see, my friend, Proverbs is the most intensely practical book in the Old Testament because it teaches skillful living in the multiple aspects of everyday life. Its specific precepts include instruction on wisdom and folly, the righteousness and the wicked, the tongue, pride and humility, justice and vengeance, the family, laziness and work, poverty and wealth, friends and neighbors, love and lust, anger and strife, masters and servants, life and death. You see, Proverbs touches upon every facet of human relationship and its principles transcends the bounds of time and culture. According to Bruce Wilkinson, the book of Proverbs may be divided into six segments. The purpose of Proverbs, chapter 1, verse 1 to 7. The Proverbs to the youth, chapter 1, verse 8 to chapter 9, verse 18. The Proverbs of Solomon, chapter 10 to chapter 24, verse 34. The Proverbs of Solomon copied by Hezekiah's men, chapter 25 to 29, verse 27. The words of Agar, chapter 30, verse 1 to 33. And the words of King Lamuel, chapter 31, verse 1 to 31. That is according to... Uh, Bruce Wilkinson. But according to uh, Dr. McGee, the Proverbs may be divided into five sections. These are the sections that we are going to follow in our study as we go through the book of Proverbs. Here is the outline as suggested by Dr. McGee. The first section is the wisdom and folly that is contrasted. And all of these are in chapter 1 to chapter 9. Then the Proverbs of Solomon, chapters 10 to chapter 24. And here is the important thing to highlight is that these Proverbs were written and set in order by Solomon himself. The third section 
is the Proverbs of Solomon, chapters 25 to 29. It's important to emphasize that the Proverbs here were set in order by the men of Hezekiah. Then section 4 is the Oracle of Agar, a known sage, which is in chapter 30. And then the last one is the Proverbs of a mother to Lemuel, which is chapter 31. Now, my friend, it is important to think about the context or the setting of this book of wisdom. Typical of Proverbs in the ancient Near East, these Proverbs seem to have arisen in the context of the home, evidently that of a king or his officials. Although the term son can be used in the sense of pupil, it is likely that what is implied here is a family setting in which father and mother are instructing their son in the skills of godly living. The term son occurs in 44 verses in this book, the term father in 15, and the term mother in 11. So the context there is in the home. This is why I suggest that the book is giving instructions to a young person who is growing in a home setup and is moving into life until the end of life. So the counsel comes as wisdom for living from a young person until they grow out of the confines of the parents, they go into the world, begin to establish their own home and live wisely. My friend, I hope at whatever stage you may be, you find the wise counsel from the book of Proverbs, as I have done. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus two seven seven two six four one four four seven five. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code two seven followed by seven two six four one four four seven five. From within South Africa, it's 072-641-4475.